From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm so excited today to have my good friend and one of my favorite books, the author of one of my favorite books, Ellen Tad. Now, for those of you listening at home or on your phone, you can look at her website, Ellen Tad, E-L-L-E-N-T-A-D-D.com. She wrote a book called The Infinite View, A Guidebook for Life on Earth, and it came out a few years ago, and it's one of the my go-to books that I give to somebody when they're just starting on their spiritual journey or they have some questions about, you know, kind of how the life works and spirit and soul and personality and how those things are integrated. And what I like about this book, and Ellen has not paid anything to be on today's show. I'm just bringing her on because I'm a big fan. I like her and I like her, her work is that It's easy to understand this book. It makes sense. Now, you can't rip through it cover to cover in an hour, but you can kind of go at your own pace, and it's written in a way that unfolds very nicely. You have to have some sort of educational background, because I can always tell when somebody has been a teacher at some point or a coach in their life because their books just unpack and build on each other naturally or organically versus some of the books out there, Ellen, that are just like a brain dump. Welcome to today's show. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. And thank you for such a flattering introduction. Well, you know, you make it easy for me. And that's what, you know, when I take a class or, you know, I took a whole year class recently um, on quantum uh, quantum economics, quantum physics, and then quantum uh, consciousness in Australia. And it was a year of my life. You know, it was three hours a week for almost a whole year. And it went at a pace that I could absorb. And one of the things that I really credit my success to completing that class and the teacher saying, wow, you really get this, was some of the groundwork that you laid out in your book, The Infinite View, A Guidebook for Life on Earth. So, you know, I want to thank you a lot for that and really encourage everybody to sign up for your newsletter, check out your site, follow you on social media. Um, But before we do, I'd like you to give our listeners just a little background about you. You know, you probably just didn't wake up one morning and go, I'm going to be an, you know, a counselor, an educator, and an internationally known clairvoyant. I mean, that could not have been on your, you know, I want to be a nurse wish list when you were five. Absolutely not. Um, Well, I, I grew up in an academic community. My father was a professor and a physicist. And as a child, I was very, very sensitive. And I did have clairvoyant experiences. I slept with my light on for many years. And I was told that I had a vivid imagination. 
And it was confusing because I didn't feel that I was making up the experiences that I had, but there was no one around me who could explain to me what I was seeing. And I eventually pushed it away. I also grew up with a mother who had a severe case of MS. And so in my philosophical nature, I was asking why, why is it that one person is sick and one person is well and one person is rich and one person is poor? And I wanted to understand why this difficulty happened to my family. And when I was 17, my mother had died and she came back and talked to me, which was my watershed event. And after that, it was like a veil was lifted. And I started to open up clairvoyantly again. But this time I wasn't afraid. This time I knew that it was something that I should pay attention to. And, you know, I, I really questioned how should I use this ability? It became clear to me that I had a gift. But my brother had a gift as a musician. And he had to choose his instrument. And I had a gift and I had to choose how did I want to use it. And I decided that I was interested in the bigger questions. I was interested in understanding what is life about? Why is it that our lives are as they are? And I had a very intense period where beings in the spiritual world trained me. They taught me tools and techniques. They taught me a philosophy of life. And I got an amazing education. But it was very unconventional. So I was well taught. And it was not through workshops or reading books, but direct spiritual experience. And then I started teaching. After that 10-year period, I started teaching what they had taught me. And the fundamentals really are how to integrate spiritual principles and knowledge into practical, everyday life. And so the infinite view is really an overview of that initial course that I taught for decades, a beginning course which is the teachings of my guides. And I love that. I love that because as anyone who has ever felt, you know, like I was always told I had this, this like, just like you said, this big imagination, this vivid imagination. But I knew, you know, when I was even, you know, like I think of in fifth grade when Mrs. Archibald made me write this poem and I was awful, Ellen. It was, it was, I won't do what you want. You can cry, you can plead, you can stab yourself deeply and bleed and bleed and bleed. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, there was a difference in me in the creative process of creating something in my imagination versus what was coming to me. Like it's, it's like a different part of your head. It's a different exactly. voice. It's, it's a it's different, a different it's a different direction. And I always tell people to compare the difference between memory and creating. 
Alan, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because I really want to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor today is Best Fiends. And, you know, we're talking about connecting to something bigger than ourselves. And that's what today's show is all about. And, you know, life is bigger than connecting to our day-to-day worries, you know, like your family, you know, your neighborhood, even yourself. And sometimes I have to remind myself to get over things. And, you know, I had a big fight with my older sister and she's kind of like a know-it-all. And even even though I'm over 40 years old, I will never know as much as she is because when I'm over 40, she's over 50. I will never catch up and win that game. But, you know, at certain moments, what I realized more than a sense of connection, I just needed a break. I needed a break from my family, a break from my kids, you know, just a break from everything. And that's when I like to clear a few levels in Best Fiends. And Best Fiends, if you don't know about it, it's a really great game. It's a five-star rated muzzle um, sorry, puzzle game, <laughs> not a muzzle game. Um, but it's one of those can't put down kind of puzzle games. It's got over a hundred million downloads and counting and it's free to download and it has literally millions of five-star reviews. So you know that you're getting something good and it's at the Apple app store and at Google play. And you know, it's got more levels and events and challenges added all the time. So play away and there's always one more level and it's really relaxing. I know Ellen, this sounds really weird because we we talk about meditation. We talk about getting in in the flow. And once you download Best Fiends, you will find yourself, first of all, you get totally excited. You're taken away to this little fantasy land and it's got pretty colors and nice music. And then you're just kind of transported away from like annoying sisters and, you know, she's going to write a comment on my, my show post. I know it, but you know, we can we can take a break. We can get away from these things. And it's fun. It just gives you this little fun break. And when Best Fiend says the fun never ends, it's not an exaggeration. There are 5,000 levels and counting. So if you're worried you'll get to like level 3,550 and run out of fun, don't be. There's always another update, whether it's more levels of fun or changes to the game. And check it out because the colors are pretty, the music is nice, and it kind of puts me into this zen, relaxed place because it's a puzzle game and it's a puzzle game that is soothing rather than frustrating like this is not a teeth grinding game so download best fiends free today on the apple app store or google play i've been playing it for over a year that's friends without the r best fiends and i do play with my families and friends and i am ahead of my sister (laughs) the one that picks on me all the time um but it's really fun and it gives you that connection and it gives you that brain break you're just gonna really love it. I hope you uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You'll be so glad you did. You know, we were talking about the difference, Ellen, of channeling and creating. And, you know, it's a very different process when you're creating. So creating, if you imagine in your mind your bedroom and then you decide in your mind to redecorate it, it's a very active process. You're Energy is active, thinking about all the changes you're going to make. When you receive knowledge spiritually, it's not active, it's fluid. And it comes to you just exactly as you said. Absolutely. And, you know, for those of you who are wondering, you know, because I was probably maybe 35, 40, Ellen, before I recognized 
that it wasn't just an act of imagination. It wasn't just making up stuff. And I realized that when I was thinking and doing things, it was kind of in the front of my head and it was a lot of effort. And if it was coming to me, it would come like in the back of my head, like the base of my, where your head hits your spine, like that area of my brain. And it was quiet and it was soft. And it, like you said, it flowed. It just came in big, big difference between those two. But you know, socially, everybody says, oh, this is, you know, you're just making it up. You're just making things up. And you're not, you're just, it, it's just coming through you, you know, like, like you said, like a flow, like water flowing, you know, out of pipe into the back of your head and then out your mouth. <laughs> well, that's certainly one way that, that spiritual knowledge comes. Um, in, in The Infinite View, I write a little bit about my perspective of the chakra system. And the crown chakra in the chakra system at the top of the head, it's the golden halo in religious pictures. This is the center that must be opened in order to have spiritual connection or to receive spiritual knowledge. What opens the crown is trust devotion, inspiration, and spontaneity. What closes it is fear, worry, and discouragement. And unfortunately, depression. So when the crown closes, it's very hard for people to feel connected, connected to others, but also connected to life and connected spiritually, which is one of the reasons that I coach people to learn to open their crown chakras so that they can feel connected and know that they're never alone. Well, and I think it, you know, it's, it's, they're never alone, but I also think it taps into something. And I learned this in school when I was a little girl and I remember my older sister saying, well, how do you know this? How do you know this? And I drew this picture and I said, well, when I'm taking a test or when I'm doing something and I don't know what I'm doing, I said, I go up the stovepipe and I drew a stovepipe from the top of my head. And I said, the stovepipe goes up into the clouds and it grabs all these little particles and it comes back in my head and it gives me the answer. And I still have that picture. You know, my sister had it forever. She's like, my gosh, she's like, you know, you articulated a chakra you know, in a very, you know, little kid kind of way from cartoons, you know, you just go up and you connect and you bring the information, you know, in an era before computers. So I think there's many of us that know these things, but culture, society, training, education tells us it's fantasy. And it's about honoring the way your body works and not being afraid to sound a little silly if you have a stovepipe coming out of your head. I love that story. That is such a great story because it's, it's, it's accurate. Well, you know, my father, who was a physicist, once told me that he would start a new project by lying in bed listening to classical music. And when he would do that, he wouldn't think. The classical music inspired him. And then he said ideas were given to him. And he knew they came to him. He didn't know who gave them. 
but he knew that they would be his best projects. And then he would go to the library and research what came in a flash. And when I learned about the chakras and connection through the crown to guides, I realized that he had figured it out without having language to articulate it. Right. And right. it's exactly what you did. And so this is not new. This is universal. But when people are uninspired or depressed or discouraged, they close that avenue off. And so it becomes really important to understand the mechanism of the crown to prevent that from happening. And it's easy for that to happen. You know, I think of like, um, you know, like I liken it to that Willy Wonka, you know, when the little guy goes in like the microwave and he goes in all those particles and he's floating around up there and he zooms across to the side and comes down, you know, connecting to spirit to me is like that little Willy Wonka, <laughs> you know, particle <laughs> thing in the air. Um, but when you're afraid, when you're, like, you know, so many of us are frightened today about the pandemic. We're frightened about our, our um, finances because of the global economy and, you know, the news just, you know, pumping out these messages of fear. And I, I use the word frightened, Ellen, for a reason. You know, I'm, I'm a big language person. I love words. You Me know, too. fear is kind of like the collective, like, oh, there's fear. The media is pumping out fear and fear is removed. But to me, the word frightened, frightened tells me my body is tense. I'm not breathing. I can't think like, I think, you know, the, the word frightened is what best describes me when I shut down completely. And, you know, we do, we talk about shutting down, like that's a, a word we accept, but it's also about shutting down our energetic connection to everyone around us, to our animals, to our children, to our friends, but also to spirit. It's that frightenedness that closes us off completely. Yes. And one of the antidotes to fear is inspiration. So during a time of adversity, where it's easier to become frightened than other times, making sure that you weave inspirational experiences, thoughts, interactions through your day will help relieve that stress. It could be something as simple as music. It could be something as simple as a meaningful conversation with a loved one. But being conscious of inspiration as a tool and as an antidote to open the crown and diminish that frightened feeling. Well, and we can do that through movies. 
we can do that. Like I have these old Big Bang Theories that I have on, you know, they're like saved on my, my DVR thing. And I can go and watch one of, you know, 10 episodes from all of the Big Bang Theories that I know are guaranteed to change my state, you know, to go from <laughs> yes. frightened and frustrated, you know, and then when I watch Sheldon Cooper, you know, put himself on a screen and drive around, you know, and, and see, you know, the great and wonderful Waz Wozniak, you know, I can't not feel happy. I can't not feel good and energized and relieved. And it, it does take you away for a moment and then it's up to you to keep that open. Yes. And one very important point is what inspires one person doesn't necessarily inspire another. So we each need to have our own list so that we can rely on that list when we need to, because we're unique. We don't all get inspired by the same music. We don't get all inspired by the same movies or TV shows. So it's really understanding what creates that openness. And my favorite quote is by Emily Dickinson. She said she knows a poem by two things. One, when she feels chills all over her body and can't get warm sitting next to a fire. And the other, when she feels the top of her head come off. And that's the open crown chakra. It's not a poem to her if it doesn't inspire her. And so whatever creates that feeling of the top of your head coming off, which makes it feel opened and airy and expansive, that is the open crown. And it's so important for every individual to know the keys to open their own crown. Well, and I think it's helpful, you know, and and again, this is just me being me, Ellen, but I think it's helpful to have a list on your phone. Like (laughs) I have my little list on my phone and my list will have, because, you know, music doesn't always do it. A movie doesn't always do it. You know, I'm not always in a place where I can watch, you know, one of my go-to Big Bang theories. And sometimes I'm so tired, I don't want to read. You know what I mean? Like, so I have some go-to YouTube videos. I have, you know, go some go-to songs and, you know, I have a couple go-to TED Talks that, you know, always help me. And then I have my books that I love, you know, a couple of my stories that I love, just, you know, dog-eared books. But when you're frustrated, when you're frightened, when you're stressed, you kind of forget all these things and it's helpful to have a little resource and everybody has their phones with them today. You can have a little list in your notes section of things you can do to change your state. That's what I call it. And go down yes. the list and pick one, you know, cause today reading a book might make me just go bananas, but listening to, you know, a guided meditation might work. And sometimes it's as simple, Ellen, I have this wonderful YouTube video that I have a link to in there that I can just push a button anytime that shows me a mountain and some lake and some water. And all you do is hear the gentle lapping of the waves. And that can reset me in 30 seconds to a minute. It can, it's amazing, but you have to know and try these things, what works for you and what works, make a list because it might work sometimes and not others. And that's okay. Yes. And so that's one tool. 
the tool of inspiration. That's a very important tool. The other tool that I like to emphasize is focus and concentration. When we're overwhelmed, we're not focused. And I find that if I'm overwhelmed, I just stare at a point, the corner of a picture frame or the corner of a door jam. It doesn't matter. Any point when fixated on will bring you to the third eye chakra, which is the center of clarity and a positive spiritual perspective. So the focus immediately helps to calm emotional turmoil. So all throughout the day in a challenging time, I will stare at points. And that's another form of resetting. So the inspiration opens the crown and the focus activates the third eye and together they're a winning combination. Now, could you do this while walking? Because I remember, you know, the first time I read your book and I, I was so busy trying to sit still because I'm a fidgeter, I'm a fuss budget, you know, I'm moving all the time. Um, I found it really hard to focus on a point. But what I did find I could do is I could walk on my treadmill, I could ride my spin bike, and or I could walk in the park and I could just look at the mountain. Like some of us, I think, have a really hard time sitting still. Yes, I mean, you can, you can look at the horizon, you can walk and look at the end of a branch, you can look at the corner of a sign. It's just a matter of using what I call third eye props. These are props just to help you find the gear. And Again, it will vary depending on the phase of your life, what's going on, whether it's easier to do it sitting or walking. You know, I love the story that a, you know, a ballet dancer, when they're spinning, has a focal point. Sure. And that focal point keeps them in balance. And when we rely on focal points... It keeps us in balance. So there are many ways, just like there's many different ways to be inspired, there are many different ways to activate focus. But it's always about bringing one's mind into a one-pointed state. And it's, it's remarkable to me. When my guides taught me this, it changed my life. It's the antidote for anxiety. It's impossible to be deeply focused and anxious at the same time. Oh, sure. And I think it's a skill. You know, that's one thing that I learned. Um, you know, and there's some of us that read your book and, you know, we're probably following the Asperger spectrum, which I do. Um, and they, we take what you say absolute literally. Like I thought I had to sit in that chair and, and I would find a corner. I thought there was some mystery in the corner. Like it has to be a right angle. Like, you know, the silly, you know, lengths that I took it to. Um, 
but it's helpful to have these discussions because we are all different and we, we know what the guiding principle is, which is the focus spot, you know, whether you're twirling and dance or, you know, sitting at a computer or, you know, walking somewhere just to find that, that, that focal point. Yes. And ultimately what it feels like is looking at life through three eyes. It's like a triangle. You're, focused out of the middle of your forehead, which is this focal point that gets activated through staring at a point, and then the two physical eyes. And together, you have a synthesis of the spiritual and the material or human and spiritual perspectives together. That's a hard, yeah, that one I have a hard time slicing them up in between the three because I think sometimes it feels like they bounce all between and then they kind of merge all into one. And the hardest thing I think, Ellen, for somebody who's new at this, I know it was hard for me, was knowing if you're doing it right. Yes, I understand. Um, well, you know, when I'm teaching people in class, I can always tell when someone gets to their third eye, because the aura doubles and triples in size. It's remarkable. Ooh. Because the positivity that comes from third eye perception creates an expansion of the aura in a lovely way. So if you can't see that, you can feel it. So when you actually get that deep focus, you feel that your energy has expanded beyond the boundaries of your body. It, it feel, you can feel this sense that you feel expanded instead of contracted. Do you feel floaty? Do you feel... No. You know, like, like, what are some words that can show, you know, like, does your heart go softer? Do you relax more? Like, what does it feel like? Well. The third eye gives you an adjustment. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is scattered, that scatteredness will go away. Okay. If somebody is anxious, that anxiety will calm down. So it's hard to say what it will always do because it, it makes an adjustment depending on what the imbalance is that needs to be corrected. Gotcha. So it's, it's really moving perception to the center of clarity versus the center of emotion or analytical thinking. Gotcha. So most people live their life focused in the gut. And this center is the center of emotion. And it shouldn't be used as the center of perception. Clarity of perception should inform our feelings, just as clarity of perception should inform how we use our intellect. It's the center of wisdom, and wisdom is very different than the analytical mind. There are very many educated people who aren't wise, and a lot of wise people who aren't educated. It's a different faculty. And it can be hard to fully grasp it unless you actually experiment with it, which is why 
I emphasize a technique in my book to help people start to explore the power of the third eye. So it's, it's kind of a remarkable thing. I, um, I'm working on my new book right now that's called The Framework for Wise Education. And it's applying my understanding of the chakra system to raising children and our educational system. And I've worked with a long-term student who brought this into an after-school program. And one example, she created a focus corner. So if a child was out of balance or if two children were having conflict with each other, they'd be sent to the focus corner. And in the focus corner, they would do things like walk a balance beam or balance a peacock feather or play Velcro darts, activities that brought them to focus. And once they got to this focus in the third eye, then they were able to do their homework better, their anxiety disappeared, they were able to resolve their own conflicts. It's a remarkable thing. And children who get it, get it quickly because they don't have all the years of a negative habit. Right. Well, and I can see where that would work. You know, I could see myself as a little kid who had trouble focusing and paying attention and sitting still. If you asked me to go get up and walk the balance beam, I think that would reset me because I'd be, I'd be, I'd be focused on something physical and I think it would calm my nervous system, calm my thoughts, calm, you know, whatever was dysregulated in me, you know, could come back to a point. Cause I do remember when we used to have a break for, for, um, for recess. And if I could go out and use the bars, you know, swing on the bars and, yes. and swing and flip and swing and flip and swing. And I would always do the same thing. Um, it was, it was actually calming and soothing for me so I could sit down and focus. Exactly. And so what that tells me about you, and I can sort of look into it, is that you're an osmosis person. You're the most sensitive type of person. You absorb your environment and you absorb other people. So when you're in a classroom as a sensitive child, you get very distracted by all the energy you're absorbing. Absolutely. When you get focused in the third eye, it expands the aura so that you stop over-absorbing. And then you can fulfill your tasks more easily without distraction. Well, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's so important, Ellen, that you talk about this because that's why I have my home office. That's why I, I cannot have, if I work for a company, you know, and I do all sorts of different things, but when I, when I work for a company, in my contract is written my own office with a door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because so you I, learned. Oh my gosh. Like I almost had a nervous breakdown when I worked at Disney. When I first started for Disney, they had these open cubicles and they were low cubicles. They only went to like the top of your head. And I would sit there and try to work and I'm, I'm talented and I'm creative and I'm a good writer. I'm a good generator, but someone next door would be rattling a candy bar or tapping their pen or talking on the phone. And I, I was miserable. I seriously almost had a nervous breakdown. And if someone was upset, 
even if they weren't talking, it felt like a blast of heat coming from them. And finally, I just told my boss, I can't sit there anymore. You have to do something. And they did. They gave me my own space. And once I was away from everybody, I was kind of the janitor closet over. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I had my little space. I had my door. And I wasn't trying to be a prima donna, but I couldn't. I couldn't discern what I was doing between what everybody else was doing. That's right. Yeah, because you, I mean, I had that problem too as a child. I was a sensitive too. And I would always, I would absorb my teacher's personal life and emotional life and I'd miss the math lesson. Yep. So I completely understand. And when my guides got a hold of me, They said, we are going to teach you how to be a sensitive in an insensitive world. Mm. And one of the most important tools to do that is third eye focus, because it protects you from being overly absorbing without causing you to block or diminish your sensitivity. Gotcha. That's so much better than me wearing my Batman t-shirts. I used to put the Batman t-shirt on. Sometimes I'd wear them under my suit, like a tank top. Because uh-huh. if it had the bat shield on it, I knew, like, I would focus on my bat shield, which is not that different than your corner. Yes. And I would focus on the bat shield, and I'd focus on, you know, where it was. And sometimes it would be a necklace, or sometimes it would be my Batman watch. And as long as I could go shields up, Batman shields, but I would have, it would take me time. You know, you couldn't just flip those shields up. I had to focus, 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 and then it could block out. Yes. And so what you want to do is strengthen the third eye like a muscle. Okay. So when you go to the gym and lift weights, then when you have to rearrange your furniture, your muscles are stronger. Sure. And when you practice third eye calisthenics, focus and concentration in a variety of different ways, then when you need that third eye focus, it's there, available, and strong. Gotcha. Gotcha. While you were talking, I put a little, you know, because I'm a goofball, but I put a crystal sticker. You know, it's like a little, looks like a little crystal, you know, like a little diamond sticker, you know, like the the kids have. I stuck it just now on the corner of my Big Mac monitor. (laughs) Yes. I know which corner to go to. Excellent. Yes. I, I always tell people, you know, find find your focus points. And, you know, for a long time, I think I write about this in my book, I had a client who had a terrible time making decisions. And she'd come to my office and I'd have her stare at the corner of my picture frame. And when she was focused, she made good decisions. And then she figured out she didn't have to come to my office. She could put a green tack on her wall and stare at her tack. Love that. And I think what that helps too, like for me, I know, you know, like Ellen, I'm really good on the radio. I'm really good talking to people. I'm not that good thinking and talking if the person is present and I have to look at them, you know, like making eye contact while I talk to them and think at the same time is impossible. Like I I just can't do it. And so I've always found that when I'm talking to someone, I'll, I'll look at my pen, I'll look at my, my, 
water glass, you know, while I'm, while I'm trying to say what I want to say. And it's kind of a little bit the same thing because when you focus on that point, like my little sparkle heart on the corner of my monitor now, it's blocking out all the other information that's coming in. That's right. It's why I prefer audio interviews because while I'm doing an audio interview, I'm staring at a point. (laughs) (laughs) And when you have two faces close to each other on a screen, if, if the other person knows what you're doing, then it's, then it's easier because you can kind of just look out of the middle of your forehead at someone and you're going to find that that discomfort and self-consciousness goes away. And so let me emphasize that the third eye is not between the brows it's right smack in the middle of the forehead. If you look at, take the, the top of the bridge of the nose and the hairline of your forehead, it's the midpoint. And this is the center where you want to just look out of your forehead. Sometimes I think of it as a miner's light. Oh, I like that. Cause I did, I, I kind of thought it was in the wrong place. I was thinking it was where that dot, you know, people put those dots on their faces in certain cultures you yes, know, it's higher. It's higher. And yep. it feels good when you, like one of the things I do when I'm stressed is I rub a circle right in the center of my forehead. And I don't know why that feels so good. It just does. And you can do it also on the very top of your head, like a little circle That's up right. there. Yes. What does that I, do? Do you know? Well, I always tell people tap that point in the middle of your forehead as you give a physical sensation it brings your attention there and it opens the third eye. Gotcha. I like little circles. I, tapping isn't a, you know, I'm not a tapper, but I'm a circler. Okay. And I would know too, like when my kids were babies, I used to like rub that spot and then I would rub the, the like now I know it's the crown chakra. I could rub little circles on the top of their head like that and they relax. And then, you know, a lot of times they'll fall right asleep. Yes, I know. It's deeply, deeply relaxing. Yeah. It's an absence of stress. Yeah. So then there's the other tool I want to mention. Sure. So inspiration for the crown, focus for the third eye, and then the base chakra at the base of the spine. So this is the center of discipline. It's a center of order. My guides always say when you're having a hard time, go back to basics. Okay. And the way I write about it in my chakra book is as a kid, I had a plastic doll with sand in the bottom. And if you gave it a punch, it would bounce back. And that sand gave it stability. Well, the base chakra in the chakra system is, is the center that gives us stability. Okay. So when things are feeling unstable, going and shoring up the base chakra of fundamental disciplines will help us to feel steady in a not very steady time. Okay. And that is something that I divide into the body, mind, spirit category. So it means taking care of your body, eating well, getting some exercise, making sure you get enough sleep, hygiene, just taking 
doing the, the daily disciplines to care for the body, supplements, and then the discipline of the mind, whether it's learning something new or doing your job or reading a book or whatever is the disciplines that are applied to your life. And then the disciplines of the spirit, which are the third eye, the inspiration, and cultivating positive attitudes. Mm. And when all those are worked together, it gives us a stability. And the third eye can guide the base. Like, okay, you know, if, if finances are really tight because of what's going on, using the third eye to help prioritize or navigate as best as possible instead of being caught in the anxiety of the moment. Or when there's decisions about children, you know, whether to send them to school or whether to homeschool, to really attune to your individual child and individual community to decide what is the wise choice. And then to stay methodical. You know, I think one of the things that causes us a lot of stress is when we get ahead of ourselves. And sometimes all we can do is take the next definitive step in a process while we let things unfold. Well, and I think, you know, you said something so important about let things unfold. You know, so many people are trying to time travel. They're trying to, you know, look to the future and go, what is this going to look like? What is this going to be? You know, when is things going to get back to normal? You know, all of that anxiety producing time travel, or they're going time traveling back in time and going, you know, I wish it was like this. I wish this was open, you know, and, and learning to go with the flow as the world changes I think is is one of the the biggest secrets or one of the biggest things that we're supposed to learn with all these, whether it's a fire or a flood or a pandemic or a financial thing. Like, how do you stay in flow? Yes, and staying in flow means knowing when to act and knowing when to wait, knowing when to speak and knowing when to listen. Flow is linked to the identity chakra, which has to do with the midpoint between the ovaries in women and a comparable spot in men or boys. And it's basically what creates the flow is that movement of directive and receptive. That if, let's say, you're in a conversation, if you're only talking and not listening, that's not flow. If you're only listening and not talking, that's not flow. Mm. So it's this relationship between the active and the passive that gives us flow. And I think, I mean, I, I think it's such an important concept because people love the feeling of flow, but they often don't understand how to achieve it. Right. It is. And I know, like, I know when I am in flow and I know when I'm out of flow, I just don't seem to have the, the gears in place most of the time to shift. So the, the, the way to do it is to make sure you're in the third eye. And from the third eye, there's the question of, do I act or do I wait? 
But when you're really in the third eye, you get to a place where there becomes a knowing of when to speak and when to listen. You can feel it energetically. So it goes deeper than an analytical process. And that's the flow. It's this, this wonderful sense of being in harmony with the rhythm of life. And the rhythm of what you're doing. You know, like I find computer programming, which is a lot of my day, that helps me get into flow. I don't know why it does, but I'm, I'm kind of in this little alternate universe and I'm, you know, things are coming out my fingers and I'm creating and I'm flowing and I have no concept of time. That's because it really gets you to your, it really gets you to your third eye. Oh, wow. So that's third eye. That's third eye. That's so cool. That's you know, so cool. the when the third eye is deeply activated, it's what they call the zone in athletics. Okay. And that zone, you lose track of time. You're, you don't care if you win or you lose. You're actualizing your best. You lose self-consciousness and you're flowing with this sense of your ultimate capacity in the moment. Yeah. And, and just everything, every, and I understand this in layman's terms, everything stupid goes away. Like when I teach <laughs> my spin classes, I teach senior fitness and you know, Ellen, I'm, I'm 50, so I'm not 25 anymore. And I don't look like I'm 25. And so sometimes I'm a little self-conscious when I start class, especially if there's a young girl or a couple young girls in there that are super fit and trim. I'm in my head. I'm like, okay, grandma, here we go. Like start your class. And, um, but once I get going, I, I, I lose all sense of, I don't know what I'm wearing. I don't know what, whether my hair is sweaty, sticking up, matted to my face. And I'm just so uh, in love with the music and in love with the movement. And I feel euphoric and, you know, and my brain, my thoughts are so beautiful. You know, they're yeah. like flowy nothingness, wispy goodness. Um, so what, and- what you're doing in that moment is you're in inspiration, you're in focus and you're in discipline. Wow. All together. All you're together. Di- yeah. And it, and it feels so enlivening. It does. And it feels clean. Like all of the stupid stuff goes away. That's right. Well, the third eye is the center of wisdom and the base chakra is the center of manifestation. You're, you're implementing that wisdom and you're inspired by the process. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Well, Ellen, I could go with you all day, but we're running out of time. So I would like you guys to go to ellentad.com. There's so many things to look at here. You know, she's got her books. Um, The Infinite View is the one we were talking about today, the guidebook for life on earth. But I also encourage you, especially if you're, you know, middle age and you're approaching the death of one or both of your parents, I encourage you to look at her book, Death and Letting Go. You can also work with Ellen. She's got different classes, all sorts of good things on there. Uh, You'll be glad you did. And you know, she is, she's the real deal. You can trust her information. You can trust her perceptions and her guidance. Uh, She's never led me wrong. And I think I've interviewed you at least once or twice. And, you know, I've been a big fan of your book for years now. So thank you so much for being my guest today and check out ellentad.com. Her books are available 
available on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble. You can go to Powell's or uh, what is it, IndieBound. There's a whole bunch of things on there. You'll be glad you did. We'll be back again next week. Thank you so much. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 